Tiny Tales presents Mayfly Night. We waited at the diner for them to come. It was a warm night. You could smell Lake Erie down the road, an algae and dead fish smell running under the odor you taste when you inhale against a damp washcloth. It was a mayfly night. Some people call them fish flies. They hatch by the thousands one night and live only a few hours, swarming thickly on buildings and sidewalks of a lakeside town. They cover cars and lights and people if they'd let them. The night was heavy with their odor blended with the lakes. They made a coating of cellophane wings and soft, wormy bodies that came out of the night for no other purpose than to announce their own teeming life before dying. The brick front of the eerie diner was thick with them. They crawled in layers over the scarlet neon letters that glowed the words, Good Food into the thick heat of the evening. I don't see how you can drink coffee on a night like this, Laura said to me. Her lips curled around a striped straw buried in the crushed ice of a Coke. I like it, I replied. They make good coffee here. She shook her head. You're a head case. Besides, it's cool in here. How's little Sally? She's fine, Laura said, squeezing our little girl's hand. At least, she was our little girl for the night. I motioned for the waitress. She was at the other end of the line of booths near the front door and the sign on the chrome stand that said, Fish Night. She was a good waitress, one of those who can spot a look or a hand movement without seeming to look. In a moment, she was next to our booth. What else can I get you folks? She asked, the Midwest and a touch of Canada in her voice. Little girl would like another malt. Funny night out here with all the bugs, Laura said. May shook her head. It's awful. They come in off the lake like that. Spoils business the whole night. I looked down the row of booths. Five of the eight were empty. There were a couple of truck driver types. Some high school kids, a state trooper, and a sheriff's deputy. A lone table graced the space next to the front window. I looked at my watch. Laura met my impatient glance with a shrug. But I could tell she was becoming concerned. 
We work a pretty accurate schedule in our business. Things tend to happen when we've been told they'll happen. They came into the diner then, taking the table up front. He stood and waited for her to get settled. He was a tall old man, bald mostly, with a fringe of gray hair around his shiny dome. He moved as if no part of him would bend or flex anymore. She was medium height, her white hair cut short. Their clothes were worn, but neat and clean-looking. They looked like people for whom many things had not worked out, except themselves. That had been all right, maybe better than all right. Still, they'd lost something. Laura was wiping little Sally's lips with a paper towel. She finished the job and nodded at me without seeming to have turned to look toward the front. It's them, she said. Do you want me to go? I shook my head. It's my turn, I answered, sounding as enthused as I felt. You stay with Sally. I slid out of the booth and walked to where they sat. The window next to them was crawling on the outside with mayflies, their wings alive with rainbow color from the reflected neon sign outside the diner. Good Ood blinked the sign, the F now blacked out completely by their bodies. Something we can do for you, mister? the man asked. It was my job to start such conversations, so much for the way it's supposed to be. Mr. and Mrs. Collins, I said, may I sit down? If you want, he said, motioning to a chair. He let me get comfortable before asking. So, how do you know our names? I never liked this part. It doesn't bring out the best in people when strangers approach them, knowing their names. They're suspicious and have a right to be. My employers gave me your names, I said. I'm not here to sell you insurance nor anything else. I'm here about your daughter. They stared at me. We don't have he said, putting a hand over his eyes in a tired gesture of old grief. She reached across the table, entwined her fingers with his. Our daughter died, she said quietly, forty years ago. I nodded. A car hit her, I said gently. We know. He kept quiet. 
She looked at me with bright eyes. Why do you know? She asked. Who are you to know? Our employers tell us, I said. It's our job to find people who have suffered a loss like yours, to do something to lessen it. I don't understand, he said, back in control. What do you mean, lessen it? You ever lose a child? And why now? Laura had come up the aisle with Sally. She and the little girl stood next to me. This is my associate, I said. And I think you know Sally. They lost all suspicion then, when the little visitor said the words, Mommy? Daddy? Whatever their lives had been or hadn't been, whatever reasons they had to be suspicious or bitter, we watched it all go away as they embraced the child. That's why we stay in it, I guess. I mean, can you imagine giving it up for reading legal briefs or investigating insurance claims? Who do you work for? Is that man or woman with an office on the 51st floor human? Or maybe one of the fates? Laura and I were feeling high when they left with her. Wouldn't you be? When you give someone back her husband, his wife a best friend, even for a brief time. We didn't stay for the end of it. It was in the Detroit paper the next morning. The semi had been unable to stop on the road slick with bodies of mayflies. It had cut the Collins' car in two, killed them instantly. The truck driver was okay. The police finally convinced him there had been no little girl. Laura and I are in the Sheraton near Detroit Metro now, waiting for the phone call from our employers, who speak in clear voices through phone connections that sound as if they're from a long way off or right behind you. I can never be sure. I don't know how many of us there are, there is no company magazine. But I understand we've got another division that handles a variation on our work. Of course, they escort visitors you wouldn't want to meet when your time has come. Makes me wonder about my life sometimes, and whether or not it's a good one. I sure hope so.
Mayfly Night was written by Warren Brown. Warren is a Canadian-American citizen of First Nations descent. Publications include Omni, F&SF, Amazing, The Book of All Flesh, This Land, Nimrod, Dear Leader Tales, Speculative North, Smoke in the Stars, Abyss and Apex, and more. His novel, What Happened in Fool the Eye, is available online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Learn more at warrenbrown.synthesite.com. Link in show notes. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for listening.